Welcome to So You Say, a podcast about the words we use, why we use them, how we use them, and how it affects our everyday life. Ultimately, we will be discussing the power behind our words. I'm Holly. And I'm Susan. In our time together, we're going to explore those common phrases that we say to ourselves and others around us, the impact that those phrases make, and how to avoid the unintentional negative consequences those words may have. So you say, we'll explore how even the smallest of words can have such a large impact for you and those around you. doing this is so you say the podcast and as always i am holly and i am here with my best friend susan how are you doing girl today hey i'm doing pretty good i'm gonna warn everybody i'm getting over a little bit of a cold so i probably sound a little nasally and if i start to cough hopefully i can hit that mute button pretty fast but otherwise it is spring it is beautiful the flowers are coming up so I'm doing great. Yeah, it, it's such a great time of the year, honestly. And today we're going to, as always, discuss the words that we use, the phrases that we say, how those affect our lives, either negatively or positively, and the power in our words. Today is about the words of loving your own skin. So really, when we say, I don't love my skin, I don't love the skin I'm in, I don't like my skin, we're going to be discussing those phrases and what those phrases mean. And with us, I am super excited to say I have a friend with me here who has been such an inspiration to me, honestly, in regards to confidence and loving your skin, serenity, owner of Sugared Beauty Bar on Long Island. So I want you to say hi, girl. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I have to tell you right now, as I said this, I'm so glad we have video on. I know that in the podcast world, you can't see video. But as I was saying this, I could see Sue shaking her head going, yep. Yep. (laughs) Serenity is a total body confidence inspiration. She is And that's why we invited her here today. She has taught me so much. Now, with that said, she didn't change me because I don't think anybody can change anyone. I think that we have to make that choice on our own to decide to be better, to decide to love the skin we're in, to decide to be confident, to build our own self-worth. We can, of course, have inspirations and motivators, but ultimately we have to do the hard work to get there. Serenity was definitely an inspiration for me for many years, and you still are. You still are. I love everything that you stand for. So really quickly, introduce yourself, where you work, what you own, what you do, and why we wanted your beautiful self here with us. I appreciate the little intro. Um, My name is Serenity. I am originally from Toronto. I live in New York. I've been here for about seven years. I feel like it's only been seven months, Um, but I'm here and I opened a hair removal studio in Roslyn uh, in the middle of the pandemic. I started the studio in my home and moved it into Roslyn in November of 2020. Um, Prior to doing that, I've been uh, 
I guess actively working as a model, as an art model. Um, I've posed for uh, Holly a few different times in really, really cool spots and places um, with her abandoned photography. And um, we came to meet even prior to, you know, having those kinds of exchanges before, which was really awesome. But um, my journey is a very simple one. I think I'm just a regular girl trying to heal herself, trying to learn to love herself. And I think if we share more of these stories about not feeling good or confident um, or having that self-worth or self-worthiness, um, we, we don't get to share our joy with others and we don't get to allow other people to have permission to feel like they can be themselves or love themselves or, you know, just kind of speak to themselves from within. And I feel like the words that you guys um, talk about in your stories and in your podcast really do resonate with so many people. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm here is just to be able to kind of share some of that joy with others and um, remind ourselves that it's okay to, to not be okay. Um, and it's okay to pick yourself back up. Excellent. I think one of the things I'd like to kind of start off with is that Let's talk about why so many people don't feel comfortable in their own skin. So for me, I always go, okay, what is the background? Why do we feel what we feel? What, what are some of the driving factors? And when we took a look and started to do some research on this, because we said, okay, a lot of people don't feel comfortable in their skin, but what does that really mean when you say a lot of people? We took a look and we took a look at case studies over multiple years, over multiple, multiple different demographics. And one of the things that really jumped out at me was a case study that they did based in America on young women. Girls at age 13, so right at the time when puberty is hitting, those hormones are kicking in, when they were asked the question, do you like your body? 53% of them said, I dislike my body. I mean, that's a pretty shocking number. I was surprised when I heard that. So that tells you that half of the girls that were talked to, over half at 13, already were becoming aware of the way that they thought about their body in this really negative light. The shocking thing I found even more was that in a four-year age difference, from so from age 13 to age 17, that number increased to 78%. That's an enormous, I know we're all sitting here shaking our heads in this sad way. That's an enormous increase to go from 53 to 78%. It doesn't get better as we get older. You would think it would, but as the study continued along and they looked at age women age 25 to 65, 91% of them said, yes, I dislike my body. Yeah, so, it's so insane. This is That's... what we're looking at. This is what we're battling is these numbers. So yeah, anecdotally, we can all say, oh yeah, my friend doesn't like this about herself or I don't like this about myself. But when you take a look at those hard numbers, this can really be overwhelming. It can seem like an uphill battle. Now we thought, well, maybe that's an American study, but we were seeing all of this happen across studies in Europe, studies in Asia, where you were just seeing this big shift of people not liking their bodies. Right now we're looking at numbers that say seven out of 10 women 
actually withdraw from doing a certain physical activity because they don't like their body, which can include something like putting on a swimsuit. Now, it isn't just for women. I think what was kind of surprising for me was over the last decade, we've seen the number rise in the way that men even look at themselves. You know, four out of 10 men will say, oh, I don't want to do a physical activity because I don't like my body. You know, again, four out of 10 men not putting on a swimsuit. Yeah. So to put this into perspective, because we always try to do that, even though these numbers are so sad and honestly frightening, is I'm 45, 46 years old, and I know that Susan is the same age. So that puts us in the 25 to 65 age category. 91% of women dislike their body. So one out of 10 of our friends loves their body. One out of 10 people in your life love their body. And that's insane because honestly, we should be at that point in our lives where we love ourselves, especially in our 40s and 50s. We should be at that point where we're like, fuck it, fuck everyone, right? Like we love our body, it doesn't matter, but that's not what happens. We want to try to change that. And again, everything that we say is based around hard work. We're just gonna give you tools. We're gonna give you some things that you can do, but that doesn't mean tomorrow you're gonna wake up and you're gonna love yourself. Tomorrow, you're gonna have to do it again. And the next day you're gonna have to do it again. And you're gonna have to do it again. And you may have to do it for the rest of your life, but you will see little tiny things that will happen, little tiny changes of you loving your body that will make this all worth it, I promise. So I want to hear a little bit of background with Serenity. For me, it really stemmed from the idea that I was very dark skinned. Um, That was a huge factor for me that kind of played into what I thought was ideal beauty, um, what I thought was considered to be beautiful. Um, I think I compared myself to a lot of people or children that I saw on TV. I compared myself to peers that I thought were more popular because they didn't look like me. Um, And I created my own conclusion that if you looked the way that I looked, um, that you wouldn't have cool friends, quote unquote, and you wouldn't be the popular one. Um, And I think that also changed the way that I navigated my friendships, where I just wanted to be nice to everybody all the time so that I could be loved or I could be popular. And I think that there's a psychological element that comes into, you know, the idea that you don't feel like you're worthy enough. And I know that you spoke to another guest staff about, you know, the idea of feeling worthy. And there were so many things that she touched on that I also felt were so true for how we feel about our body. And I think our skin is a relationship with so many other elements where it's the size of our body, it's the hair that we carry on our body, it's the skin tone, it's the, you know, whether we're tanned or not tanned. Um, And I get to have these conversations with women every day because I I do hair removal. And, you know, I have women who are lying on my bed and they're like, do you think I should do this surgery? Do you think I should bleach? Do you think I should? And I'm like, girl, everything looks good. leave it alone. Um, I turn away people who want to come in for full arm services because 99% of the women who I do talk to who do remove their arm hair um, wish that they didn't. They regret it that, you know, they regret getting into that. Um, So there's, there's always very honest conversations I love to have with my clients. But for me personally, um, it really did stem from my childhood, you know, and I, and I think when I looked around my, even within my family, I also saw that I was the darkest um, and I was super smart and I had 
had lunch with the principal, but I never felt like I was good enough to be the cool girl at school. Um, and nobody cares about whether you had lunch with the principal. They want to know if you're at recess, you know, singing the Spice Girls. So <laughs> those were just very, very different um, times for me. And it wasn't until I got into nude modeling that I really started to actually look at my body, like physically take a look at my body. And I know that that job sounds like an outlandish job for most people. And I don't think everyone's cut out for doing that on a public note, but I do think it's so cool if you ever muster up enough courage to have a nude photo shoot for yourself, you know, and whether that's because you decided to take pictures for a partner or you just wanted to take a good look at your body because she'll never look this way again. She's not going to look this way tomorrow. She's not going to look this way in a year. She's not going to look this way in 10 years and 15 and 20 and 30. And it's something you can hold on to and something that you can be really proud of. But that conversation only comes if we're, you know, feeling confident within ourselves. And I think that that's a really, really cool thing um, to do to help you get to that place of confidence. So yeah, childhood was a big one for me. Um, and when I started nude modeling, I started to actually physically look at myself in the mirror um, and actually see myself. So there's the mirror image of ourself when we're looking in the mirror and we have that reflection. And then there's a photo version of ourself where someone's capturing your beauty, essentially, and you can look at it from another angle. And I think we don't share enough of that, just that, that, that idea of being vulnerable within our skin. And that could be from wearing those bright colors or those heels or the red lipstick, um, all of those things are expression of our body and expression of ourself. And I think more of us need to take on that power to do it and not just for ourselves, but do it for others so that others feel like they're capable or they have permission to do so too. Oh my God, I'm like mind blown right now because you just said 10,000 amazing things. But one thing that I'm still mind blown about is when I met you, Serenity, the thing that stood out to me as the most beautiful was the color of your skin. And it was, I mean, I, I, I see your skin. I photographed you. I've seen it. I've seen it stripped literally of clothing. And it, to me, it's the most beautiful skin I've ever seen. So the fact that as a child, you saw your skin as something that you wanted to hide or not show up, you know, that it made you feel uncomfortable or not like everyone else. It, it just makes me really upset because I don't know. I, I, to me, it's that's one of your most beautiful features. And I, it's just it's crazy, crazy to hear that. Uh, for me, what I love about, you know, knowing kind of how you came to find this acceptance. Um, what I love about it is I think a lot of people, when we, when we do talk about not loving our skin and being comfortable, sometimes we automatically do go to weight. But I love that you've kind of expressed that it isn't just that it can be the color of your skin. It can be the amount of hair that may grow from your body. Maybe it's the shape of your nose. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. So there's this whole kind of larger picture of the way that we view ourselves, looking at ourselves through an external lens, whether that's a mirror, whether that's other people's words about our bodies. I mean, I think for me, one of the most fascinating things with when you talk about the nude modeling is modeling in itself can be a really field where you're kind of set up to be photographed and, and viewed by multiple outside sources. You have the physical photo. 
you have the photographer, you have those that are viewing the photo. So you have all these outside influences that are looking at your form captured in this moment and the kind of vulnerability that's needed to do any type of modeling in the first place, but then to raise it to that level where you're then stripping down to nothing and, and being able to do that as well opens yourself up. So for me, I'm kind of curious, how did you deal with all those? How do you deal with all those different external forces that are coming at you when you're doing the modeling and still find yourself being comfortable in your skin? I think it, it kind of created itself when I, originally allowed myself to be that free and feel that comfortable. I think it just, that's where everything kind of birthed where I, I don't feel like I'm being vulnerable. I don't feel like I'm being courageous. I don't feel like I'm being brave. I think I'm just finding a form of expression that I, that, that be, has now become my voice. You know, it has now become a voice for others where they also feel like they can kind of take on that role um, or take on that vulnerability and sort of share it with others. But it's it, it, it kind of came after I, I decided to take that leap and sort of jump into it. And even that story in itself of just how I was even comfortable to get into that. My household growing up was very nude friendly. Um, I didn't realize that wasn't a normal thing until I went to high school. Um excuse me, my, I'm used to seeing my mom sort of walk around the house naked. I'm used to seeing her coming out of the shower, creaming her skin. Um, our doors were never locked. We were always slept naked. And I went to high school and started talking about these things and people thought I was crazy. And I was like, oh, I guess not everybody's nude at home. Like when I told somebody that I'd saw my mom naked before, they're like, what, you've seen your mom naked? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a stunning thing because there are people out there who haven't seen their own bodies naked. Right. I actually always found that to be really interesting. I have friends who, if you ask them, have you ever like seen your whole body naked? Like, like every part, have you ever looked at yourself? Have you ever taken a mirror and like looked at, and, oh God, no, 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 no. I would never do that. So yeah, we, that's, yeah. Even that in itself, you know, per being comfortable with your personal nudity, but then to kind of have it be normalized within that type of environment is very different. Yeah, yeah. it was just some form of freedom of just being home and you know, the bras were off and we slept with no clothes because we were under our warm blankets. And I think my mom didn't realize that she was birthing me um, and <laughs> from that comfortable sort of space, I was able to translate that into, you know, a space with a stranger. And, and even that took time. I, I worked with one photographer for about a year before I felt comfortable working with others. And then that snowballed into more work. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always been a very, very cool journey. I've been able to meet like very, very cool people. But I think, you know, this really does come back to you just kind of owning your space and, and really just... Those positive affirmations, I think, are super crucial. I think, you know, waking up and, and, and not doing that comparison through our Instagram and our TikTok. And, and I know you guys talked about this the last time. It's like the keeping up with the Joneses is now keeping up with Hollywood. It's now keeping yeah. up with, you know, people in spaces that we would have never had access to, that we have 24-hour access to. It's the TMZs. It's the, you know, influencers of Instagram. It's the... it's or any of the social medias. And I think that that's why our number is so high. 
the numbers and the stats have to be high because we are overly stimulated. You know, we're not unplugging. We're not learning to kind of dig in with ourselves. I have clients who tell me that um, I'll ask them, you know, they said they're super stressed. And I'm like, do you do any yoga? And they're like, oh, I could never do yoga. I was like, yoga is literally for everybody. Don't get me (laughs) started. (laughs) We've talked about that with meditation. We've talked about, you know, I think people do get stuck on the idea of a yoga, a yoga master is a person who can you know, flip their flip backwards into a circle and tuck their head up into their knees and all that. And that's not what it's about. The same way meditation is not about sitting in a robe on top of a mountain in a cloud. I mean, it could be that if that's what works for you. But if sitting in your chair and just being quiet for five minutes, that works. It's equally the it's the same thing. Yeah, I love I love that you mentioned yoga, because that's why I ended up loving my skin. That's how I ended up building my confidence and never anticipated it being in my mid forties over a pandemic while I'm by myself. But honestly, these things needed to happen in order for me to get to where I needed to go. I needed to spend time with myself and love myself because if I didn't love myself and spending time with myself, then I was never going to be happy. And I was stuck home alone all the time. (laughs) So I decided, okay, I'm going to start to do yoga. And I had done it a bunch prior, but not every day. I committed to every day and I started meditating. And those were the things that got me on my journey. And I never went into yoga or meditation saying, well, I'm going to do this so that I love the skin I'm in, so that I have confidence, so that I see myself worth. It just happened. And that's the thing. I know that we can put ourselves on that goal, but sometimes what we do are not the keys to the success Sometimes it's the universe sending us things that are going to help us get to where we need to go. And I had to start that journey, but I didn't know that it was going to get me to where it did, which was just so amazingly unexpected and beautiful. Because if anyone knows, Serenity and Susan both know that I struggled with my body and how it's looked. And now I'm at my heaviest and my oldest and my wrinkliest. And I love saying this, but it's the truth. And I love this body more than I ever have in my entire life because it's my body. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. And it's gotten me here. So no matter what it looks like, (laughs) it has gotten me to this place. And there's no reason not to love your body. Yeah. And I think it also comes in waves, you know, and I think that because of how social media is structured and that curating of the reels and the, and the storyboards and making everything pretty, um, we don't have enough stories of when we are feeling low, right. you know, because it's, it's, it's okay to have those waves and come in those moments. Um, it's, it's what you do with those moments. It's, it's how you treat yourself in those moments. It's what you, what grace you give yourself in those moments to allow you to, you know, kind of crawl back out of that negative headspace where you're like, no, I do got this. This is okay. Or I look great today. Um, I came from, I'm recently divorced and I came from a space with my ex where I stopped wearing my clothes, my very, very beautiful collection of clothing that I've built since I moved here because I did not feel like I was loving the skin that I was in and outwardly everything looked beautiful, you know? So I think even just if you take anything away from what I'm saying is that you're okay to have the low moments because there are higher days, there are better days that are going to come and sit in them, cry, vent, 
meditate, scream into the pillow, do what you need to do and, 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 and find whatever tools you need to kind of pick yourself back up. But it's, it took me a really long time. And now when I do go out on the weekends, I, I have to make a conscious effort to remind myself that I can do these things and I can wear my clothes and I can throw on the lipstick or do my hair a certain way and still feel beautiful. You, you you talk about, you've hit on our, I think what's going to be our secondary motto our secondary name for this, which is progress, not perfection. And what yeah. we have to remember is Instagram is a moment that's captured in time that can also be wildly filtered. So as life flows and your body changes and you have, you know, different things that might happen, hormone levels fluctuate different, you know, you have a child, your body shifts, you, you know, you go through a hard time, you go through a period of, of great plenty, you go through a period where, you, you know, things might be tight, whatever it is. That moment in social media is both captured, a finite moment, and filtered. And so what you're missing is you are, you're missing all those waves, and you're absolutely right. It's okay to ride those waves. It's okay. And I think when you give yourself the acceptance that you are going to have some bad days, you know, as much as you might be comfortable with uh, your body and, or you're getting to a place of acceptance, you may have a day when somebody snaps a photo of you and you're like, Ooh, I don't like that photo. And that's okay. It's okay to feel that way. What you would hope is that you could maybe recognize that also this is just a moment and it's going to pass. It's okay if you don't look amazing in that photo, stay in that photo. Because I can tell you when I look back, and I'm sure all of you have experienced this, if you ever gather old photos and you look back at aunts and cousins and grandmothers and grandfathers and everything, I'm never looking at their skin or their weight or their nose or their hair unless it's a hairstyle. And I'm like, Oh, look at that hairstyle. You know, I'm looking at what the what the moment has captured. And most of the time I'm, if the person's not here, I'm missing them. And maybe on that day when my grandmother took that photo, she felt bloated in her overalls and felt terrible. And you know, was worried that her mustache was going to show in the photo and blah, blah, blah. I don't I don't see any of that. When I look at that photo, I see a woman who raised a family in love, who I loved very much, who I wish I could still be around at this point. And I think we have to keep that in mind when we look at those captured moments is that those moments later on, you know, are just a moment. And it's really when looked at from the lens of time, you're going to realize how precious that moment actually was. Yeah. Yeah. The moments are, are so crucial. And I, I did a seven day cleanse about a month ago and I did it with my boyfriend and my mindset. This is the second time, the third time, sorry, that I'm doing the cleanse. It was his first time. And I did it so that I could support, but also because I just needed a good detox. I just wanted to get everything out of my system. But I think just the, the idea of this diet culture and like trying to change ourselves and, and fix ourselves as though things are wrong, as opposed to looking inward to feel, to to really ask ourselves how we're feeling 
You know, do we have energy? Are we feeling optimistic? Are we motivated in the mornings? Are we feeling like our best self? How do we get back to that best self? And I think because we're always looking for this quick fixes, you know, we're never really asking ourselves the deeper, more meaningful questions around what we're eating, how we're eating, when we're eating, you know, uh, who we choose to spend our time with, who we allow to have access towards us. All of this comes back to how it affects our body, you know, the outside and the inside. So I think that that's also really, really crucial, but I did the cleanse and uh, on day eight, you know, we woke up, my boyfriend had some, maybe not the best choices of food on day eight because he was kind of feeling like very deprived. And I went and had a salad after having, you know, a heavier breakfast. And he's like, I've gone to the bathroom six times. I was like, babe, you can't just throw all the crap back into your body. But his mindset was just to get to the end as opposed to enjoying the journey. And that's a part of this too, is that it's a journey, right? We are going to wake up some days, we're going to feel great. We're going to wake up other days, we're not going to feel so great. We're going to wake up one morning, we're going to be 50. We're going to wake up one morning, we're going to be 60. And if we just really focus on the journey and how we're feeling in our everyday moment, it's taking that five minute meditation. And maybe you can't even meditate yet. Because meditating and closing your eyes and and doing nothing for five minutes sounds scary. So maybe we start at two minutes. And maybe it's not even quiet, but you just turned your phone off or put your phone down or sat in your car or closed your eyes or called a best friend or checked in on a loved one, but it's, it's time that you're taking away from your regular routine to do something better for yourself. And that can be about food. That can be about shopping. That can be about whatever choices we're making, but it's, it's, I think if we, we really leaned into the journey, we'd have a better understanding of ourselves and again, give ourselves that grace if things are shifting, because what I need now at 32 is not what I needed at 22. It's not who I was at 22. So I think that's a part of it too, is that, you know, it comes in waves, but also it's a journey. It's not a destination. Yeah. That's a huge philosophy of mindfulness. If you practice mindfulness, that's exactly what they say. Take today for today, be happy in this moment and don't go for the end goal all all the time, because that's not what this is about. Because you're never going to get to that end goal if you're not happy in this moment, if you're not mindful in this moment, if you're not accepting of this moment, if you don't live here just for today, for now. And like you said, live in the journey, live in the day, live in the seconds, live in the moments, instead of just always looking at the end, because the end will be there. It'll get there. We'll get there. And we'll get there more gracefully and beautifully and positively if we practice that mindfulness every day on that journey. Yeah. Now, one of the questions, because I do know we have some limited time with you, I did want to ask you, because we're talking about loving the skin that you're in and your business is literally about dealing with skin. For you, tied in with your business that is so directly connected with people's skin, what are the biggest challenges that your clients come with? And if you can share, maybe what are some of the shifts or the really positive things that you might have learned by participating in a business that is so focused right on skin? Yeah, um, it's 
it's kind of crazy because I grow my body hair. I don't really care about my body hair. Um, I, I'll remove it from time to time, but it's not something that's on the forefront. I'm not shaving every day. I'm definitely not shaving, but I'm not sugaring once a month. Um, and when my clients ask me, they're like, oh, do you do this? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I know I'm here for your support and I'm doing this job, but I actually do not entertain these ideas because it is a very spicy thing to do every four weeks. But I find myself having really, really powerful conversations with my clients who have accustomed to shaving every single day. And now they're coming in once a month. And maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal on the outside, but for somebody who's been doing that every single day, that growth period, that four week, I have to wait until I actually get to see this person again, feels like the end of the world. And I have slowly watched my clients go from that to coming in every four weeks and feeling like it's not that big of a deal. And I think that those conversations have been the most powerful for me where they're finally learning and realizing that a little bit of hair isn't going to kill, (laughs) you know, their boyfriend isn't going to be pissed off. Um, If they are, you should dump them. Um, (laughs) But life goes on and nobody's staring at your underarm hair. Nobody's walking around with their arms up in the air to take a look to make sure that you got every single one. You know, what we, we put so much emphasis on what beauty looks like and defining what that looks like based on what other people are doing that we really truly forget to just take that deep breath and be okay with what's happening, you know? But that those have been my most powerful conversations. I think it's 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 cool that I get to do this job because I feel like people are going to remove their body hair anyways. So if they're going to do it, I'd rather them do it in a healthy and a natural and organic way. So sugaring is one of those things that does help. But um, my conversations are, are usually about just letting them know if I don't see you in four weeks, it's okay. You know, if you got to skip or you're going to stretch this out, that's okay too. And if you missed the whole winter because you couldn't afford it or this was not something that you could keep up with, that's okay too. And if you're going to grow it or you're going to take it off, all of these things are fine. It's just, are you doing them for you? Yeah. That's the biggest question. Are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it because your sister-in-law said your arms are ugly, so you can't go to your own wedding with your hairy arms? Are you doing it because your boyfriend said he doesn't like your bush, and if you have a bush, then it doesn't feel good for him? You know, it, are we removing the underarm hair because we're worried that someone's directly going to pick out that underarm hair and focus on that instead of the meeting that you're in? You know, it's just really, really shifting and asking those questions. But those are typically have been like my most powerful moments with my clients where I'm like, girl this shit don't matter. (laughs) I know you're here, but this shit doesn't matter. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Before we lose you, because I know we're going to lose you in a moment here. I do want to ask you one more thing. What Mm -hmm. would be, if someone was struggling with the skin they were in, what would be something that you would say to them? Just one simple thing really quick. If you had like one minute to tell someone. Book a new photo shoot with Holly. Dang. Or do one on your um, own, honestly. I do them now. It's crazy. Yeah. I do them now. I get in front of my own camera, but yeah, outside of that. Yeah, no, just, just. I mean, selfie culture is huge. So I think even if you just used your phone and you took some photos of yourself, it's a beautiful moment to just have with yourself. Um, but beyond that, I, I'm truly, truly 
asking my clients to, to, to really engage with yoga, whether it's at home or if it's in a classroom setting. Um, but I think that that was a powerful moment for me. It, it took me from going one day a week for months and months and months into three days a week, into four days a week. Um, I'm really aiming for five to seven before the end of this year. So I'm on a very slow train, but it's the small shifts every day that allow you to kind of find a better version of yourself and not ever feeling like you have to do everything overnight. Um, but it's a small tweaking. And if you're looking at 1% every single day, that's 365%. That's beyond 100% of a transformation of the person that you really want to be. So that's, it's just, it's 1%. And if you can dive into yoga and take some naked photos of yourself, do it. Awesome. Well, before you go, we want you to drop any contact info, social media info, business info, any promotional info, drop it here, let them know about you. I appreciate it. Um, so our Instagram for my business is sugared beauty bar and my personal Instagram, that's going to kind of follow some more of my travels and hopefully me back on the internet. I haven't been very active, but I'm looking to kind of just dive back into it as soon as I get some business stuff handled, but that is at feeling for serenity. Awesome. Thank you so much serenity for being with us. It was an honor to have you. Thank you very much. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. She offered up so much amazing information. So many things actually that we were going to talk about and sit here and discuss in depth. But honestly, Serenity talked about everything that we really wanted to discuss here. So what we're going to do is we're just going to break it down really quickly. The categories of the physical, mental, spiritual, and environmental methods the things that you can do in order to start to love the skin you're in. And each thing, again, they're all suggestions. They're all just things that we feel can work for you. You can do one thing, you can do five things, you can do all of them, but they definitely are known to help you build your confidence and your self-worth. So Susan, we're going to have you take it off with, well, not take it off. We're going to have you start it off. As a, we, we get talking to Serenity and I'm talking about taking it off. See what happens when you have, right. you have a special guest who's a nude model. We're going to have you start it off with the physical stuff. Absolutely. So how can we start to change our mindset, shift the positivity and start to find your worth, your beauty and your confidence in your own skin? One of the first things that you can do, focus on the physical stuff. So it's about being conscious of actually being in your body and, and moving and engaging in the skin that you're in. So these are actions that you can kind of take that we think of as simple, but really do get you to focus in on the actual physical body that you're in. Indulge in things that bring you joy. That means going out and moving, whatever that looks like for you. If walking around your kitchen and making yourself something to eat brings you joy, that's physical activity, that's movement, that's getting out and engaging. If going out and walking your dog brings you joy, feel the sunshine on your skin, the, you know, the, feel the breeze through your hair, it, indulge in all of that. Start to do those things that are bringing you joy. Commit to a physical activity that you love. Now, for me, one of the big things that shifted when I came to becoming comfortable in my own skin was when I moved away from the idea that exercise had to be 
a certain thing. It had to be a half hour in the gym, on the treadmill, running, 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 running. Once I realized that any physical activity that I could do would get my body engaged and moving and could be that form of exercise, it took away a lot of the pressure and strain that I felt to commit to a physical activity. When you do something that you love, you're just going to want to continue to do that. Along that lines, talking about loving your body, loving the skin that you're in, if you want, if you want to learn to love your body, then do good things for it. And this means being conscious of the food, the fuel that you're putting in your body and how much sleep you're getting. Looking at the what you're putting into your body to produce fuel and if you're giving yourself enough time to recharge and relax and for your body to just repair itself from everything that you've been doing, from everything that it experiences. Yeah. So this is one of the first steps. The next step that we find, the next big category is all of the mental stuff. And this breaks down to make yourself a priority. If you are not going to take care of this physical being that you're in, you're doing yourself a tremendous disservice. When you make yourself a priority, you give yourself the opportunity to find growth, being patient, treating yourself with grace. That's another one of the mental things here. Change takes time. One of the things Serenity pointed out was she pointed out that for her, part of her change is really engaging in even just 1% of her day. And that 1% adds up over time. It may seem very, very small in that moment, but those incremental moments can amount to some huge shifting changes. Learn to love spending time with yourself. That can be a really, really hard thing to do. But when you get comfortable with the idea of being able to spend time by yourself in whatever that may be, again, whether it's engaging in an activity that you love, you're going to find all these little pointers that we're going to give you, some of them overlap like a big Venn diagram. You know, if you're going to engage in something that you love, where you can also maybe spend some alone time, that's a really, really good thing that goes a long way. Understand and truly believe that there is no perfect shape. We talk about it over and over. Progress, not perfection. When you're engaging with yourself mentally, start to look and find things to compliment yourself on that maybe aren't tangible. Like I think we can all say, oh, maybe I don't love the weight that I'm at, or I don't like the way, you know, my underarm looks, but I'm a smart person, or I did something really funny the other day, or, hey, I put the grocery cart back into the carousel. <laughs> Find these little things to compliment yourself on that don't have anything to do with your physical form. Start to look at yourself as both a being that exists within a physical shape, but also is out in the world and having an impact in that way. And then lastly, understand that what makes you beautiful is what makes you unique and different. And the reverse is true. What makes you unique and different 
oftentimes is what makes you beautiful as well. Serenity talked about her dark skin for her really being a source of discomfort when she was younger. And yet you and I both look at that and go, well, that is beautiful. Yeah, she really is. (laughs) She is a stunt. When you meet her for the first time, you are going to see that dark skin. It is, there is no way that she is going to be able to hide that from you. And yet it's, it's this stunning, beautiful person standing in front of you. And then as you engage with her even further, you realize that that beauty is not just superficial. It's ghosts, you know, beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the spiritual stuff is about not, you know, it's another step, obviously beyond the physical and the mental. It's about finding that mindfulness and telling yourself in your mind that you are perfect as the way you are, that the skin that you live in is, is okay, that you're beautiful, whatever it is. So one of those things you can do with daily affirmations, I know so many people will say, well, I wrote it on lipstick on my mirror and I reminded, I said it every morning and I wrote it in post-its and I reminded myself every day. I have a rock that I keep on on the sink in my kitchen and it says, you're beautiful. And I read it to myself. And that's, these are great things. These are amazing things to do, but also know that the affirmations don't have to always be the same. They can change every day. It can, you can, and to tell yourself those things that you need to hear each day, because, because you'll change on how you see yourself each day based on how your day is going. The affirmations that you need to hear will also need to be changed. If you have, I'm beautiful on your mirror, written in lipstick and you read it every day, that's wonderful. But there might be some days where you might need to hear something else. I am enough. I am worthy. I am sexy, whatever it is that you need to hear. So always saying a daily affirmation of some kind, or it can be five a day. It could be one a day. You can say them every hour if you want to, but they definitely help. And we talked about meditating, meditating if we can, as much as we can. Now, so many people like to say, I can't meditate. Well, I can't make a steak. And that is a true statement. I can't, (laughs) but it doesn't mean tomorrow I can't learn. It doesn't mean that someone can't teach me. It doesn't mean I can't go on YouTube and watch a chef on how to make a steak. And the first couple steaks are not going to probably taste the best. And that's okay because it'll take cooking many steaks to make a good steak, not to think and defeating yourself in the beginning, I can't do this. Because just by doing that, you're letting into that self-defeat and you're going to not succeed in whatever it is that you want to do. And meditation is one of those things. Serenity also brought this up. It's so important. And so you had said something the other day about meditation and what did you say about it being a certain percent of your day? If you meditate, if you put aside 1%, just 1% of your day to meditate, it's actually less than 10 minutes. It works out to like 9.58 minutes a day. When I thought about that and thought, geez, can I really not find 10 minutes out of my day to do this? So when you start to think about what the actual commitment is to doing something like that, and you start to realize how little you have to give, and it's just 
learning to give a little bit consistently can build up over time. You know, and, and Serenity had talked about if you give 1% every day at the end of the year, it's 365%, which is way more than you would think it would be. By, but by giving that little bit every day, it accumulates. And I don't think, I don't know if we always acknowledge how change occurs. Change occurs incrementally, very, very small, but consistently. And that's how it happens and sticks. So, and I love your analogy of the stake um, when it comes to meditation, <laughs> because you're right. And everybody will tell you, you know, here's the other thing I think is self-defeating sometimes with, with the way people talk to one another. People will talk and say, well, you have to meditate this way. There is a, there is the way to meditate, just like there is the way to make a steak. But the reality is there is not the way to make a steak, no matter what anybody says, steak can be made in different ways for different people. I know some people who will slap it on the butt twice and send it out. I know some <laughs> people who like their steak well done, and that would horrify some people. You can incorporate meditation in your life by merely sitting in your chair at home and closing your eyes for a few minutes each day and just focusing on your breathing. And yeah. not being so hard on yourself and finding a tiny little bit of mindfulness. And that is no less special or important than the Buddha on top of the mountain. You're both seeking and engaging in mindfulness. It just depends on what mindfulness looks like to you. And my mindfulness is not going to be the same as your mindfulness, which is not going to be the same as somebody else. So you know, you're right to be, to use the excuse of, I don't know how to. Well, none of us did. None right. of us were born yeah, knowing how to meditate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe with the exception, if you believe in that of the Dalai Lama, right. nobody's really born to be mindful. Right. But it is something that we can practice and it is something that we can achieve. And for each person, that quote, achievement is going to look different. And even for the same person on different days, different yeah. hours, different moments, that's going to look different. Yeah. And as a meditation instructor, as Susan was saying, there's so many different types of meditation. So if guided meditations don't work for you, then you do a mantra medita meditation. If a mantra meditation doesn't work for you, then you do a moving meditation. There is such a thing. So just realize that if you decide to download the Calm app or the Insight Timer, or you, if you want to go on YouTube and look up a meditation, you're probably going to come across hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that don't work for you. And you're going to have to get through that haystack and find the one that does. So the last thing we're going to talk about is the environmental stuff. And Serenity did touch on this really quickly, just practicing healthy social media habits, following positive influencers, block, delete, unfollow negative people. That includes friends, Facebook friends, Instagram friends. I will be the first person to admit I have unfollowed from my feed many Facebook friends and not because they're not positive or not because they're not loving or not kind people, but because at that point in my life where I did it, 
I just didn't want to have to engage with those things that they were posting. It did not help me become better. It was not a positive thing for me to see. It may not have been negative to anyone else. And I'm not even saying it was negative. It may have been something that I, a political thing or a post that I just didn't want to engage in at the time. And I've seen the change that unfollowing, blocking and deleting influencers or friends or anybody on social media can do. I've done it for months on end to see how that change would affect me. And it definitely has helped by also maybe unfollowing one influencer and following another one that may practice and preach and talk about self-love. If that's what you need in your life, then to find those people out there who discuss those things, that's a great thing to hear. I love, 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 and I can name them all off. And maybe I'll even post a few out on our podcast here. Some fashion influencers who you would think, wow, a fashion influencer all about clothing and she's a size zero. No, the ones that I follow are size 16. They're moms. They have fupas. They have saggy underarms. They look like everyone else. And I love watching them because they love their bodies. They look beautiful in this, these clothing. And it makes me feel really good about myself. If I think they're beautiful, then there's no reason why I'm not. So, you know, finding influencers out there that may have the same passions as you, where I love fashion, I follow fashion influencers, but who also practice what you want to hear, which could be self-love or self-worth or whatever. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And the last thing is surrounding yourself with happy, positive, and supportive people, which means eliminating those who drag you down or don't see your worth. And that's really the same thing with just eliminating that out of your social media as well. It kind yeah. of just carries into your family. I know so many people will say, I can't just cut out my mom. I can't yeah. just cut out my brother. We're not saying necessarily to cut anyone out, but to start maybe eliminating the time that you spend talking with this person. If they just constantly are bitching to you on the phone all the time and they have a really negative attitude, it's okay to listen, but you have to understand that that constant bitching in your ear actually will affect you and will affect how you are around other people too. So maybe if you can't eliminate them, maybe learn a way to disconnect from what they're saying, kind of that what my father used to say when I was little, in one ear and out the other, right? <laughs> Hang up that phone. I know Susan's laughing. See, this is when my dad didn't listen or my mom wouldn't listen. They'd be like, it went one ear and out the other. Well, with this kind of thing, that actually is a benefit, right? Yeah, We're not talking good about it being a bad thing. <laughs> you listen on the phone, listen to that person bitching. It goes in one ear, you hang up, it goes out the other. Let it go, let it be. And, and if you need to cut people out, it's not going to be easy. We know that. We, we've all done it. It's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. You're, someone's going to get hurt. But unfortunately... Hurt in life is inevitable. We're all going to be hurt by something at some point. So, you know, if it means helping you in a positive way to benefit your life so that you can love yourself, because that's really what this is about. You need to love yourself in order to love the people around you. 
then maybe you have to disconnect or let go of those people who don't support you and love you. Yeah. And we, you know, we've just hit on these four categories here, the physical stuff, the mental stuff, the spiritual stuff, and the environmental stuff. We've given you lots of different things in all of these categories. We're not saying that you have to do all of these. This is not a, you have to do A and then you have to do B and then you have to do C, or you have to do everything in the environmental category and everything in the mental stuff. Part of what we're offering is kind of a, rather than the roadmap, it's a treasure map. And you can pick and choose from all the different columns until you find what works for you. And some might be very difficult to do. You know, like if you have toxic family, I know that can be incredibly challenging to limit the time when you have family members that are close to you that are toxic. Okay, so maybe you can't tackle that, but you might be able to find five minutes to meditate. You might be able to find an activity that you enjoy. So again, this is kind of not something where you have to check things off. This isn't a checklist. This is just kind of a treasure map for you to roam around and find what works for you and figure out the different clues as to, you know, what works so that you ultimately in the end can find that treasure, you know, that joy of loving the skin that you're in. Now, we've given you lots of different ideas, but... We always like to leave you with one actionable item. You know, if you're like, I don't know where to start. You've given me all this stuff and I have no clue where to begin because some of us love to get direction right from the beginning. I am one of those people. <laughs> we have a challenge for you. Yeah, and this challenge actually came out of the High Five Habit book, which is written by Mel Robbins. She is a motivational speaker, a life coach, an author, she is absolutely amazing. And again, as I said, the book is called The High Five Habit. I've read the book. I cried. I laughed. I shook my head. I really just felt everything about this book. But what the book is about mostly is about finding support and love in yourself and starting there because the foundation to all of these things starts with you. And what can you do? to boost up your, your self-worth and your self-love and your self-confidence. The thing that she talks about is doing a five-second challenge. And that means giving yourself a high five every single day in the mirror to yourself, into your reflection, first thing in the morning. Waking up, looking at yourself, probably the worst you'll look all day. <laughs> as soon as you wake up, before you brush your teeth, before you do anything, Make it the first thing you do every morning and give yourself a high five, hand to the mirror, create those fingerprints and just hold it for two or three seconds and let go. The first day you do it, it is going to feel super weird. She talks about this in the book. I have done this challenge now for a little bit over a week myself. I think I skipped one or two days, but I've been doing it pretty constantly since. In fact, more than once a day, I've given myself a high five in the Target bathroom. I've given myself a two finger, two finger five into the mirror in my in my car. <laughs> so um, I have done this all over the place. It really does help. It really does 
boosts you in the morning. It is celebrating you, who you are, and giving you that in the morning so that you can start your day on that high note. If you want to go check out that book, I definitely suggest it. But if that's where you want to start, go for it. We suggest that. There's other things in the book as well that she talks about that you can do that will definitely get you to that point of loving the skin you're in, celebrating yourself, building up your self-confidence. But we're not going to spoil the book for you because I'm also an author and I want you to get out there and spend those couple dollars on your Audible or buy a copy and just enjoy it. Yeah. But I think we are good here. And I am so glad that we went through this. We also had Serenity here as our guest. Thank you, Serenity, even though she left us not too long ago. And um, Sue, if you can do me that favor, because you're so good at it, and drop that email. Absolutely. So our email is so you say pod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you, want to know your thoughts. Uh, what did you think of today's episode? When you try that high five challenge, and I know you will, what are your thoughts after day five, after day 10, after day 15? How are you feeling about it? Again, our email is so you say pod. That's so you say pod at gmail.com. And you can check us out on social media at so dot you dot say dot podcast on Instagram. Yeah, this was a great one. And um, we also want to put a really quick thank you at the end of this to a support group that we were guests on last week. We actually premiered this topic with them. It was such a special night to be there with them and speak with them. And we were telling them that we were super excited to re-record all of this for them as well as for you. So we hope that if you're here with us and you're listening, thank you so much for joining. If you're new, thank you for coming and listening. And if you've been here over and over and over, we hope you come back. Hope you all guys and girls have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon.